raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Raise a spoon to Grandma, who always took all the hungry cousins to McDonald's for McNuggets and the Play Play Slide. Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time. Welcome to the Technical File Podcast. I'm your host, Manny Fresh. This is episode 41 of the podcast. Man, two weeks, two and a half weeks to be exact since I last blessed y'all with my beautiful voice, but I am back. The podcast is back. We are back. TFP Nation, we are back. I know, I know it has been long overdue, man. I'm sorry. Sorry for that little hiatus. I know I said that last time when we took a week off, but this was really a hiatus. An unexpected and unplanned hiatus. Uh, you know, sometimes life gets in the way, things come up, and you know, got to be adult sometimes. Adulting sucks. We all know this. We all know this, but you know, we got to take care of some things, man. But no, nah, nothing serious. Uh, I had a surgery come up, and I had to take two weeks to recover from that. So, uh, I've been unable to do the podcast for a couple weeks. But I've missed y'all. There's been a lot of shit going on in the sports world. Of course, as you guys know, the sports world is always moving. It, it never has time to slow down for anybody. So, I've missed out on talking some things with y'all. But uh, I'm here today. It's an unusual day. I'm recording on Tuesday night, uh, midnight on the East Coast to be exact. So uh, it's an unusual time to be recording and and dropping an episode for y'all, man. But I just I couldn't stay away, man. I had some I had some things to get off my chest, man. I mean, I really haven't been able to talk to y'all for two and a half weeks, like I stated earlier. So I feel like I've missed out on a lot of things. I mean, of course, I haven't had a chance to talk to you guys about the playoffs. Um, you know, the NFL season. You know, heading into Week Six or going into week seven, should I say, um, after this past week six. Um, just a lot of craziness, a lot of things that I've missed out. I mean, Team USA failing to qualify for the fucking World Cup. Um, you know, the NBA season getting ready to start up. I mean, so many things going on at the same time. I mean, this is I mean, college football, of course. We had one crazy ass week weekend of college football that I've that I've you know missed out on giving y'all thought giving my thoughts about. So I mean, this just has been a lot of crazy shit going on, and I haven't been able to get to y'all because, of course, I've been you know healing. So, but I feel I feel real good today. Um, so I'm coming at y'all with this episode, man. So I'm going to stay away from the NBA. As you guys know, the NBA started tonight. Um, the Cavaliers uh, pulled out a close three-point victory. I think it was 102-99 to over the Cav- over the Celtics. 
Um, LeBron had uh, 29 points, I believe, 29, 16, and 9. Um, I didn't get a chance to really watch that game because I was you know, watching more of the Yankees-Astros uh, game four and uh, watching the beginning innings of uh, this game, the Dodgers and the Cubs game that's still going on right now um, as we speak. So didn't get a chance to watch that game too much. I, I saw the introductions for Kyrie. He got booed loudly. Of course, I know about the uh, Hayward uh, injury. Uh, looks like the word coming out of the uh, Celtics is that he fractured his ankle. Uh, no word yet on a timetable for his return, obviously. Too soon to tell. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I, I saw bits and pieces of the game. It was a good game. Uh, Celtics trolled by 18 and, and made a uh, rousing comeback. You know, you know, had a lead for, you know, for like a few minutes there late in the fourth quarter, but the Cavaliers uh, were able to hold serve at home. Uh, so I won't get in too much to the NBA tonight because uh, we got our old friend uh, Noah Tor blessing us with an appearance on the podcast this weekend when I drop another episode. Yes, I'm giving y'all two episodes this week. Two episodes. Y'all should feel fucking blessed. I've been gone for two weeks, and I'm coming at I'm coming back at y'all with two two fucking episodes back to back. So well, not really back to back, but you don't know what I mean. In the same week, anyway. But yeah, my man Noah Tor, you guys know him, friend of the show, uh, an honorary TFP, um, is joining us to give us uh, you know preview and prediction show for the NBA. Uh, we're going to discuss a lot of things, uh, previews and predictions, uh, storylines to look forward to, that sort of thing. Um, so I won't be getting too much into the NBA. I'll save that for Sunday's show. But tonight I'm going to talk about everything else uh, under the sun, things that I've, uh, haven't had a chance to talk to you all about uh, over the last two weeks that uh, I've been um, incognito. So, well, not incognito, but uh, on a DL, should I say. Um, but yeah, man, let's start with the baseball postseason, man. The Major League Baseball postseason. As you guys know, I think it's the greatest postseason in all of sports besides the Stanley Cup. I, I would say the Stanley Cup is number one, but the uh, Major League Baseball postseason is, is a close number two. I mean, the postseason has been really good. It's been pretty good. It's been riveting. It's been entertaining. Uh, it's had some drama with the Indians being upset by the Yankees. Ugh, I'll get to that in a second, of course, uh, unfortunately. Um, but the baseball postseason's been really entertaining. It's been riveting. It's been long. Uh, Rob Manford, please, you got to do something about the time of these games. I mean, these these games are just going infinitely too long. I mean, it's just it's just too much. It's really, really just too much. I mean, I mean, look at this game. T- look at this game right now. The Cubs and the Dodgers, game three. I mean, this is a game that started what eight oh five, eight ten Eastern was first pitch, something around that. And as I'm talking to you guys right now, it is. 1229 Eastern. 929 my time. So that makes it almost a four and a half hour game. I mean, that is insane. That is insane that this game has lasted this long. It it is just amazing. But, you know, we're not going to get into that because, of course, if we get into that, that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast episode discussing the problems with baseball and, and, you know, the length of time of these games. But outside of the length of the games, uh, this postseason has been pretty entertaining, pretty riveting. Um, you got two five-game series in the postseason so far. Uh, the Nationals, Cubs, and the Yankees and the Indians. And I'll start with the uh, I'll start with the Nationals first because, of course, you know, 
our, our old co-hosts and and luke is doing good man he's just got a lot of stuff going on like i said adulting gets in the way and hasn't been able to join us on the show for you know actually a few months now um so but i promise i will get luke on the show definitely sometime soon uh now that the nba season started up i'll definitely get luke back on the show uh to get his thoughts on a lot of different things man we miss luke and so shout out to luke and uh shout out to justin man uh justin's got some things going on as well so he's his schedule's been a little tight so he hasn't been able to come on the show as much either but i promise we will get justin on the show as well man so shout out to both those gentlemen my co-hosts on the program uh my on and off co-hosts i should say on the program man so shout out to them man a lot of love for those guys man they they do a lot of good work uh follow justin on uh on twitter always as at jet jitsu follow him on twitter but yeah man uh i'll start with the nationals because what else is new with that organization i mean are you guys really surprised are you guys really surprised that the nationals again for the fourth time in five years choke a postseason series. This is a team now that has yet to get out of the first round. They've had they've had home field advantage in all four series that they've lost, and they again choke. And there's no other way to put it. They choked. They gagged. They urinated on themselves, as Mad Dog Rooster likes to say. They completely shit their fucking pants. Another series where they were clearly the better team, and there's no and and, and there's no debate. They were the better team than the Cubs. Now they weren't the grittier team, they weren't the tougher team mentally. We, we can we can debate that, but they were clearly the better team. On paper they were the better team. They should have won that series. The Cubs as they shown as they've shown in this series are just not that good. Their rotation's not that great. Their bullpen is outside of Wade Davis, their bullpen is trash. Uh, Earth to Joe Madden, please stop using Carl Edwards. Please. I mean, Joe, do us a favor. Stop using Carl. I, I don't know what is this affinity with Carl Edwards, but but please, enough. Enough. Enough with Carl Edwards. Jesus Christ. But, uh, but yeah, the Cubs are not that good. I mean, you got to respect them. They're the defending uh, world champs. So, you, you know, you got to have the respect for them. They're a gritty team. If nothing else, they're a very tough team, battle-tested team, as we know. But the Cubs were not that good. And the Nationals should have won that series going away. They didn't. They they fiddled around with it. They fucked around. They choked. They gagged. And they ended up losing. And they did it, and they did it in national fashion. They did it in national fashion. Uh, amazing. Amazing for the Nationals, and I think there's seriously a problem with the culture of that franchise. I, I don't know what it is. That team is missing something. That franchise, that organization is missing something. Rizzo's got to go. How does how does Mike Rizzo still have his job? Can somebody please explain that to me? How does Mike Rizzo still have his job? What does he have? Naked pictures of the Lerner family cousins, or 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 some young daughters in the Lerner family? I mean, what, what what the fuck is going on here? I mean, Mike, does Mike Rizzo have some like deep financial secrets of the Lerner family that he's using it as an extortion tactic to keep his job? I mean, I I don't understand what the hell is going on here. I mean, how does this man still have his job? I mean, this team is presided, and don't tell me that the GM doesn't 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 take any flack for 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 the, for the incompetence of the team. If he gets the credit for putting the team together, then he's got to take the credit. He's got to take the blame for when his team underachieves. If the GM gets if the GM gets praise for when the team does well, then he's got to take then he's got to take heat when the team does bad. And this is a guy, and he has been the guy that has put together four teams now, four teams. I repeat, four teams in five years that have absolutely collapsed in the postseason. There's no argument. There's no debate. Collapse in the postseason. And and somebody has to answer for that. 
And this is a guy now that has hired four managers to manage this team since he's been there. Riggleman, Davey Johnson, the the the, un, the unforgettable Matt Williams, and now Dusty Baker. And there's rumors going around that he might make a change. He might fire Dusty Baker. So that means there's a fifth manager that this man might hire. I mean, come on now. How does Mike Rizzo keep his job? But I mean, I think this I think this franchise has serious serious issues. I really do. I think they have some serious serious issues because I think they're missing something. They're clearly missing something. I mean, this was and to me, this was their best year. They were clearly the better team in that division series. I mean, they just were. They were better than the Cubs. They were better. You can make the case they're the most talented team in the NL. I know the Dodgers won 102 games. I get all that. Or 104 games, I should say. But, I mean, they were clearly one of the most talented teams in the the NL. And to again collapse in the first round, I mean, it's just that's just unacceptable. And we know that town is a fraud baseball town. That town doesn't care about the Nationals. They care about the Redskins, and that's it. The Nationals are, what, second? And I can make the case they're probably third. Because I, I, I can guarantee you there's the baseball fans that are in that town, they're more Oriole fans than there are Nationals fans. I can guarantee you that. But the Nationals get away with, with, with being kind of this team that doesn't get a lot of heat or a lot of flack because they're just not a big baseball town in D.C. yet. And, and understandable. I mean, the team has only been around since, what, 2006? So it's going to take some time to build a, a, a foundation there. The, the, the national fan is still a young fan in its infancy, so they're not going to get as much flack as they would in New York or in Philly or in Boston. I mean, can you imagine the Nationals being the Mets and choking four postseason series in five years? I mean, the, the, the fucking Met fan would have a conniption. The Met fan would have a conniption. I mean, they burn City Field down. That shit is unacceptable. But the Nationals, again, find a way. I mean, you guys, I'm not going to go through the games. You guys saw it. Um... I mean, how do you lose that game five? I mean, the Nationals in your building, losing that game five the way they did. Now, granted, they did get hosed on some calls. We know what they were. No need to repeat them. They did get hosed. But, I mean, those are the things that the Nationals just do. They always find themselves in those situations. They just do. They just do. And Strasburg not wanting to pitch, and, and don't act like he did. He didn't. He had to be basically forced to pitch, and he pitched well. Give him credit. I'll lay off on. I'll lay off of Strasburg because he answered the bell. He answered the bell. But a guy that has to take some heat in this series is Max Scherzer. Max Scherzer has to take some heat here. You know, Max Scherzer's a guy that makes two hundred and something million dollars. You know, everybody knows he's one of the great. He's one of the best pitchers in the sport. To me, he's better than Kershaw. He's better than Kershaw. If I had if I had a game to win, my life on the line, I take Max Scherzer over Kershaw any day of the week. Any day. But Max Scherzer's got to take some heat here. You know, game three, coming out of that game. You know, game five, coming in in relief. Well, I know he was on two days rest, but getting lit up and imploding in that inning when he came in. I mean, Max Scherzer's got to take some heat here. He just does. There, there's some chinks in that armor. And, you know, I, I don't know. The Nationals are completely completely a special case to their own I, I they really are they really are i just have no more words for the nationals because and it's and you should and it shouldn't surprise you if you're a baseball fan does it really surprise you that the nationals choked i mean we've seen this now again four four times in five years we've seen this they choked in 2012 when they played with the baseball gods and decided to tell the baseball world that oh we know better than you guys we're gonna hold out Strasburg not pitch him because of course we're gonna have so many times when we're gonna get opportunities to pitch 
uh, to be here and and to compete for a fucking playoff or compete for a championship that we'll just hold Strasburg back this year and then we'll bring him back next year and the year after that and we'll just win all those other games then and they played with the baseball gods and they got and they're getting burned and I believe that and I and, and I'm not an overly superstitious person but I believe that when you got a chance to win a championship you 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 make every effort possible to win a championship you don't fiddle around you don't fuck around you don't dick around and say oh well you know not this year we gotta think about next year oh no 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 when you have the chance i say it all the time when you have a chance to win a championship you've got to do everything in your power to win it because these things are few and far in between access texas ranger fan who lost two straight world series and one of them in seven games to an excruciating fashion these things don't come around often. They just don't. They just don't. So when you got a chance to win, you got to take it. You got to take it. And the Nationals pissed off the baseball gods and are getting burned for it. They choked in 2012. They didn't even make the playoffs in 2013. In 2014, remember, they lost to the Giants. In 2015, they collapsed in the second half of the regular season. If you, want, if you really want to count it, this is five times they've collapsed. Five times in the last five years. For five straight years, they've collapsed, if you really want to make the case. In 2015, they didn't make the playoffs. They collapsed in the second half of the season. The Mets basically, you know, you know, bitched them out for six games in the second half of that, of that season. So, you know, nine games if you, you know, yeah, six games, yeah. Because, you know, we had that series uh, after the trade deadline, swept them, and then we swept them in September. So, yeah. Yeah, for six games, they basically, you know, bitched the Nationals out and bye-bye went the Nationals for 2015. And then in 2016, you know, last year, they lost to the Dodgers in that series. So, I mean, the Nationals have just been a complete and utter disaster in these big spots. They just have. They completely have. And I can't say that I don't take joy in it. I mean, of course I fucking take joy in it because I hate the fucking Nationals. I can't stand Mike Rizzo and I hate the fucking Nationals. So I'm I'm taking a lot of pleasure. I'm taking a lot of pleasure in the demise and and the constant implosion of the Nationals. I truly am. I truly truly am. Oh, the Nationals make choking an art. Well, I shouldn't say that because the next team I'm about to talk to talk about they make choking an art. I mean, the Indians have made choking an art for the last what fifty something years. So I'll I'll get to them in a second. But I mean, is anybody really surprised by the Nationals? I mean, you can't be surprised by the Nationals. You just can't be. You can't be. This should have been expected. This should have been expected. And the Dodgers are officially up 3-0 in the uh, NLCS. So they're going to sweep the Cubs. Wow. They're really going to sweep the Cubs. There's six. Uh, wow. Wow. So far, the Dodgers are undefeated in this postseason. They swept the Diamondbacks 3-0. And now they're up 3-0 in this series. So the Dodgers are about to make a World Series. Amazing. But yeah, um... So yeah, no surprises on the Nationals. They choked another year. It, it, it's 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 as American as apple pie. It really is. The Nationals choking every year in the postseason, and and I and I can't say that it could happen to a better franchise than the Nationals. It, it just, oh oh, it's so beautiful. The other team that I'm going to be hard on is the Cleveland Indians. And I hate to do it because I, I always have a... I, now, I'm not an Indians fan, but I root for the Indians. I've always liked the Indians. I've always loved their uniforms. I, I, I grew up on those 90s Indians team. Uh, even though I was a Met fan and my Mets were fucking horrible in the 90s for the most part. Um, 
I always kind of took a liking to those Indians teams with with Tomi and and Bayerga and Albert Bell and those were kind of the first real great teams that I saw growing up in my in my youth in baseball. So I would, while I wasn't an Indians fan, I always rooted for them to win. Um, so I I you know not a fan of the Indians, but I I have a soft spot for the Indians and I like to see them win a championship finally. And the but the Indians, oh my God, what a collapse, what a choke job against the Yankees. What a choke job against the Yankees. And, and and let me tell this to every Indian fan out there that is debating this or is questioning this. 22 straight games means absolutely nothing. Nobody cares. It's a footnote in history. It's a little sprinkle. It's a shit stain on the underwear of life. Nobody cares. 20 years from now, when people look back at the 2017 Cleveland Indians, all they're going to remember was this team blew a 2-0 lead to the Yankees. That's it. That's it. I know it's not fair. I know it's harsh. You know, this was a dominant team. They won 102 games. They were just completely amazing in the second half of the, of the season this year. But let's face it, in in the big spot, in the biggest spot of their season, they folded up like a cheap suit. They folded up like a chair or whatever the, whatever the fucking analogy is. Them niggas choked. They choked. They choked. They choked. They had the Yankees dead in that series. Dead in that series. The offense couldn't do nothing. They made terrible errors. The bullpen, while it was good, it wasn't great. And the guy, the biggest goat to me of that series is Corey Kluber. Corey Kluber. I hate to say it because I like Corey Kluber, but Corey Kluber's got to take some hits here. Corey Kluber's got to take some hits here now. You know, this guy now, for as great as he is and as, you know, as wonderful of a pitcher he is, and he's probably going to win the Cy Young again this year. We know how good Corey Kluber is, but let's be honest now. The last three times this guy has pitched in the postseason. Remember, he pitched game seven. It was not great. He was not great last year in game seven. Game two against the Indians, he was rocked for seven runs. And then in game five, he was not great. The last three times the Indians have needed him to pitch in the postseason, he has not been great, and he's let his team down. And the last two times were elimination games, and he didn't show up. Let's be fair. Let's be honest. Let's call it like we see it. You know, that's not, let's not try to sugarcoat it. Corey Kluber, the last two elimination games that the Indians have needed him, and this is Corey Kluber, their ace, the big-time star. This is why guys make $25, $30 million a year. The last two times that their season has been on the line, he's choked. Let's be fair. Let's be fair. And I hate to say it because I'm a Corey Kluber fan. I like Corey Kluber. I think he's a tremendous pitcher. When he's on, he is unhittable. I know that. I get it. I get it. But if we're going to kill Kershaw, we got to kill Kluber. Let's be fair. If we're going to kill Kershaw, we got to kill Kluber. And this is now the second time now in an elimination game where he let his team down. He didn't show up. Let's be fair. He didn't show up. I mean, the Indians were just uncharacteristically just bad. Bad. I, I, now, I know what people are going to say, that maybe the win streak took something out of them. I, 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 I don't buy that because they had a 2-0 lead. Had they not had a 2-0 lead, I can, I can kind of say. Had they gotten swept, I can make the case that, yeah, you know, maybe they were just feeling a little flat. A little this, a little that. You know, I can make that case. But, you know, not when you have a 2-0 lead. When you have a 2-0 lead, 
in the series. You should have beaten the Yankees. It was a nothing-nothing game until, what, the sixth inning of Game 3 and that, when Greg Bird hit that home run for Andrew Miller. And that's another thing. I think Terry didn't manage a great series there. First of all, putting Kluber in Game 2, I, I didn't. I never understood that move. Um, I, I didn't understand it. Trevor Bauer on, two, on three days rest in Yankee Stadium, I didn't understand that. Bauer got rocked, as we all knew it was going to happen. I mean, if, if there's one thing I could have guaranteed you, was Trevor Bauer was not going to have a good game in Yankee Stadium on three days rest. So I don't know what the hell was going on. Is there a reason there? He should have started Tomlin. I know Tomlin's a soft tosser. He didn't have a great game six last year in the World Series. But Tomlin did pitch a great game on the road in the World Series in game three, I believe. So I, I would have pitched Tomlin in that moment. I, I mean, he, I mean, hey, he couldn't have been any worse than, than Trevor Bauer at that point. So, yeah, I didn't understand that. Um, uh, I thought he took Carrasco out way too soon in game three. That's another thing in this postseason, man. These managers, I get it. You know, you got to have a quick hook sometimes with these starters. But I mean, Jesus Christ. I mean, these starters. I mean, today you saw it today again with Lance McCullers. He gave up a home run in the seventh inning and A.J. Hinch takes him out. McCullers was dealing. I mean, McCullers was unhittable the entire night. Keep him in the game there. Why? To bring in Chris Davinsky? Who fucking sucks? Who urinated on himself in Yankee Stadium? To bring in Joe Musgrove? I mean, God, these these fucking managers are so quick to bring in these fucking relievers. And it's one thing, and, and I can at least forgive Terry because he, you know, he took out Carrasco to bring in Miller. But I mean, te- I mean, AJ, please wake up. You're taking out Lance McCullers to bring in, you know, Chris Davinsky. I mean, stop, 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 stop. So... Uh, yeah, I, I didn't like the way Terry managed in that series. Uh, it was not his shining moment as a manager, I would say. Um, and the Yankees, uh, as much as I can't stand it, as much as I hate it, the Yankees uh, come back, beat the Indians, um, and advance to the ALCS. And now they've come back from another 2-0 deficit and are now 2-2 with the Astros. And I'll get into the series with the Astros because this has been the best series so far in the postseason. I mean, by far, this has been this has been the shining light of the postseason so far, this Astros-Yankees uh, series. Uh, man, this has been a great series. But I'll get to that in a second. But yeah, man, the Indians have collapsed. The Indians collapsed a week ago. They really did. They collapsed. They completely, 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 completely collapsed. There's no other way to put it. And again, Corey Kluber's got to take some hits. Max Scherzer's got to definitely take some hits. Kluber's definitely got to take some hits. Again, if we're going to get on Kershaw for always choking in big spots in the playoffs and and not delivering and not, you know, not not delivering for his team in, in elimination situations, well, guess what? We got to get we got to get that same heat to Kluber. Again, Game seven of the World Series, when his team needed him the most. And I get it, he was on three days rest. I get it. I get it. But he didn't he didn't show up. He gave his team nothing. And in game five, when his team reeling, when his team needed him the most, the ace, the Cy Young Award winner, all those things, all those, all those bouquets that we throw at Corey Kluber. Game five. He didn't show up. He didn't answer the bell. He wasn't terrible. He didn't give up seven runs, but he wasn't great. Gregorius killed him, hit two home runs, gave up three runs. I mean, it just it just wasn't a great effort. Just wasn't a great effort. So he's definitely got to take some hits here. So 
that being said, we we move on to the NL, the uh, the LCS is the League Championship Series, and as I talked to, as I stated earlier, the Dodgers now are up 3-0 in this series. This series is over. The Cubs just look the Cubs just look exhausted. The Cubs just look, well, a I don't think the Cubs are that good. I don't think the Cubs are that good. I think the Cubs are a good team. I don't think they're as good as they were last year. Clearly, uh, their bullpen is just terrible. I don't know what the fuck Theo was doing this offseason. Why the hell he didn't build up a better bullpen? I mean, this bullpen is fucking terrible. Carl Edwards, I mean, enough. I've seen enough of Carl Edwards to last me a lifetime. And Joe Madden loves it. I mean, we know Joe Madden's fucking overrated. Joe Madden is the most overrated big name manager I've ever seen in my life. Joe Madden gets, you know, you listen to everybody bust the Buster Onlys and the Tom Verducci's of the world suck bust, uh, suck uh, Joe Madden's cock every time they talk about him. I mean, this guy is overrated. I mean, some of his moves, are, I mean, are completely just mind-boggling. Uh, how is Lackey pitching to John, Josh Turner in game two? How? How? How is Wade Davis in that game? How? Your season's on the line there. I make the case that your season is on the line in that moment. And how is Wade Davis, your best relief pitcher, not in the game? I don't care if he was only available for an inning. He's got a pitch there. Not John Lackey, who's 48 and is on his last legs and has never pitched in relief in that spot in his life. Come on. Open your eyes, Joe. But again, everybody thinks, oh, Joe Madden is this. He's so great. He's so innovative. He's so this and blah, 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 blah. I mean, I, I, I get the feeling that the Cubs win in spite of him sometimes. I really do. I really do. The Cubs almost win in spite of him. But anyways, uh, outside of that, I just think the Cubs are mentally drained. They just look out of it. They look like they've just been emotional. You know, sometimes when you when you go through a series like that, like they went through with the Nationals, it can, it can work both ways. It can motivate you. I think that's what it's doing now with the Yankees, where the Yankees had that little bit of experience to lean back on. They came back from 2-0 against the Indians, and I think they've been able to kind of use that as momentum and as a rallying cry for this series against the you know the Astros not to mention that the Astros bullpen is a fucking dumpster fire and they've helped that but not to but anyway um so I think that works two ways again you know two that works both ways and then you've seen in the case of the Cubs where I think a series like that can take a lot out of you and I just think the Cubs I, I think the Cubs are just emotionally spent I think this whole season has been a hangover remember I told you guys when we did our baseball prediction shows uh what what seven eight months ago that i thought the cubs were going to have a hangover i mean you don't win a champ you don't win a championship that's 108 years uh old and not have some kind of hangover it just it was just bound to happen and it just feels like the cubs have been sleepwalking the entire season you know they've turned it on when they had to they turned it on definitely in that national series when they had to but i think they're i think they just met their match here and the dodgers are just good the dodgers are just good and you know what the Dodgers are? The Dodgers know how to beat you in several ways. They can beat you in many different ways. If you want to have a slugfest, the Dodgers can beat you in a slugfest. If you want to play a, a low-scoring, pitching-and-defense type of game, then the Dodgers can beat you that way. If you want to have a bullpen game, guess what? The Dodgers can have a bullpen game. I mean, the Dodgers just have multiple ways of beating you. And the Dodgers are just a better team right now. They just are. I mean, there's no other debating. There's there, there's no there's no argument. There's no debating. The Dodgers are just the better team right now. And they're proving it as we speak against the Cubs. So, the you know, the Dodgers are up 3-0. They're probably going to close them out tomorrow night. We'll see. Um, maybe the Cubs have one last stand left in them, but I, I doubt it. If not tomorrow night, definitely, definitely Thursday night. I, I don't see this series going past five. I didn't, and, I, and to be truthful, I, I didn't see it going past five when it first started. Um, 
I had the Cubs beating the Nationals as my prediction uh, in the NL, in the NLDS, and I thought that the Dodgers would beat them in six. They're going to beat them in five. So, or at the very least five, or at the very most five, and at the very least, or the most likely outcome is going to be four. So, um, that prediction is good for me. Um, I didn't get a chance to kind of do the whole baseball prediction thing with y'all because of the surgery that I had. So, it, you know, it kind of preempted some plans. Remember, I told you guys the last episode that I was going to do a um, a postseason um, preview show. I never got a chance to do that, unfortunately. Uh, my initial pick was a Dodgers-Indians World Series. So we, we, we know that prediction went well. <laughs> uh, well, I got half of it right. Well, I'm about to get half of it right. So, and the Indians didn't hold up their end of the deal. So, yeah, I got fucked on that. Good thing I didn't bet on that shit. But anyway, um, so yeah, the Dodgers are just clearly the better team right now. Um, The ALCS right now is a fucking fascinating series. I think the Astros and the Yankees are two evenly matched teams. Um, I would be a little concerned with the Astros right now. That was a tough game to lose tonight. That That was a horrific game to lose earlier this evening. Uh, a 4 nothing lead in the 7th inning. Aaron Judge hits a fucking monster shot off of McCullers. A.J. Hintz is in a rush to take him out. I, I don't understand it. I would have left McCullers in the game there. McCullers, at the, up to that point, McCullers was just was the story of the game. I mean, he was dominating the Yankees. McCullers was unhittable against the Yankees. Leave McCullers in the game. Oh, my God, I don't understand it. Anyway... Takes McCullers out. He brings in, I believe it was... I'm trying to see what was the, le- the reliever that he brought in other than... Um, I think it, I think it was Davinsky. I think it was Davinsky. Davinsky shit his pants. Then he brought out. Then he brought in Musgrove uh, uh, to get him get himself out of the inning. They were they, you know they left the inning in the seventh inning uh, up four two, and then of course they just imploded in the eighth. Gave up four runs, uh, capped by the. Uh, the game tying double by uh, Judge and then Sanchez chipped in with another big hit and the Yankees uh, won and tied the series and they're six four. So uh, we have a fascinating series. I, I'd be I'd be a little concerned about the Astros. This is a young team. It's been a little bit untested. Well, the Yankees are somewhat of a young team. Although I'm so sick and tired of the baby bomber name and the oh look at the little Yankees that could. I mean, stop, please. Please, please stop with that narrative. They're still the Yankees. Uh, you know, you know, the, the, the media likes to paint the Yankees like the Yankees are this ragamuffin bunch of scrappy players, no-name guys. I mean, let, let's stop there. Please, please. Okay? Gary Sanchez is an all-star. You know, Greg Bird, I mean, we've all known about Greg Bird. He was a very big, he was a highly touted prospect. You know, second base, Starling Castro. People forget Starling Castro won a batting title and was a three-time all-star in Chicago. You know, Didi Gregorius, I, I still don't understand why, why the Diamondbacks got rid of him. I, I never, I, one of the worst trades I've ever seen in my life. I knew Didi Gregorius was going to be great the first time I saw him play. So Didi Gregorius is a, an amazing player. And Todd Frazier is a multiple-time All-Star and led the National League in home runs one year. So, uh, you know, th- this idea that the that the, that the Yankees are, are made up of a bunch of bums is, 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 is not factual. I mean, it isn't. So... Yeah, let, let's put that to rest, please, please. But anyway, um, you know, the Astros are a young team for the most part. And this is a tough loss. Man, this is a tough loss. When you have this kind of loss in a postseason, it can have damaging effects on you. It really, really can. It really, really can. I mean, that's a game that the, that the Astros should have just put in their back pocket, figured out a way to win. 
up four nothing. Yankee Stadium was a fucking museum, quiet. You just felt that the Astros just had control of that game, and they let it slip away. Now, the one advantage they do have is they have Keiko and Verlander in the next two games. That's the one advantage they do have. So, but, and Keiko's been, and Keiko's been phenomenal against the Yankees. I mean, he's owned them. I mean, he's just been unhittable. That's what worries me, you know, because eventually, eventually, you know, the Yankees are going to touch up Keiko. You just know it. You know, eventually Keiko's going to have one of those games where, you know, his stuff is not on, where he struggles a little bit and the Yankees are going to get to him. You just know it. You just know. And then the, then the answer is going to be really in trouble. And then, of course, Verlander was just who was just phenomenal in game two. I mean, that was one of the best postseason games I've ever seen pitched. Uh, it was just a phenomenal pitching performance by Verlander, um, adding to his to in my mind is a Hall of Fame resume. But um, yeah, so they have the pitching advantage the next two games. So I would be worried about the Astros, but I still think. They just have to figure out a way to win tomorrow. If they can win a game, to whatever they have to do, tomorrow is a must. In my opinion, for the Astros, it's a must win. I think they have to get out of the. They have to get out of New York up three two. Don't fuck around. Win that game with your with your horse or your or your or one of your horses, and go back to Houston with an opportunity to close them out. I don't think you want to mess around with the Yankees. I think this team is is got some confidence in them. I think they feel really good about themselves. I think they feel like, hey, we've been here before. We we can do it again. I don't think they want to. I don't think they want to mess around with the Yankees. I think you want to put the pressure on the Yankees to have to go to Houston and win a game. And to win the series, they're going to have to do that anyway. But I mean, I, it's better if you do it down with them down three two than them up three two. So. Um, that's been the fascinating series of this postseason so far. I mean, that te- that series has been phenomenal throughout. And you can make the case that the Yankees could be up. I mean, you can make the case that the Yankees the, the Yankees could have swept them. The Yankees could have swept the Astros here. I mean, they won both games. I mean, Houston won both games in Houston 2-1. You can make the case there that the Yankees don't run themselves out of innings. You know, maybe they win those games and we have a totally different series. So, um, yeah, the Yankees have have had their opportunities in this series. But as worried as I am about the Astros, I still think they have a chance of it. Because I still think the Astros are, are are a little bit better than the Yankees. I think they have a better lineup. I think they're just constructed a little bit better than the Yankees. Um, the Yankees have clearly the better bullpen. I mean, it's not even close. And I would think that eventually the Astros are going to score runs. I mean, they did a little bit today. They scored four runs. It's a little bit misleading because the four runs were kind of just on one big hit. They, they, you know, Uleski Goriel's big uh, double that drove in three runs. So it's a little bit misleading, but you know, it's not like they had an offensive barrage there against uh, against uh, against Sonny Gray and David Robinson. But overall, the the, uh, the Astros haven't done much offensively. So you, you gotta believe that they're gonna break out eventually. And Tanaka, I can't believe Tanaka's been this good. I really can't. And eventually the Astros are going to get to Tanaka. I mean, you got to think. Tanaka, eventually the, the fairy dust is going to wear off on him and CeCe. Because I, I can't believe how good those two guys have been. I mean, Tanaka and CeCe have been great. So you got to believe that eventually, I mean, eventually, law of averages would tell you that they're going to 
they're going to have a a moment where those guys are going to come down to earth. So I, I wouldn't be too worried about the. I mean, I'd, I'd be a little bit worried, but I still have confidence that the Astros can do can can do the job and finish the job. So we'll see. We'll see. But other than that, man, I mean, the postseason's been great. I mean, it's been great. Again, the games have been fucking forever. They've been forever, literally. <laughs> God, God, these games are fucking long. But uh, other than that, man, I mean, it's been a pretty riveting and a pretty exciting postseason. I mean, what else is new? I mean, it's the baseball postseason. It's a, you know, you can make the case it's the best postseason in all the sports. Uh, other than the Stanley Cup uh, playoffs. This is the best postseason in all sports. Not even close. Don't debate it. Don't debate it. I had people on fucking in the internet when I posted that a couple weeks ago tell me, oh, well, what about the NFL playoffs? Uh, have you guys been watching the NFL playoffs in the last few years? I mean, it's good. The NFL playoffs are good, but I mean, they're, they're not the baseball playoffs. Stop. They're, they're, just, they're just not the major, major league baseball postseason. It's just not. It's just not. It's not even fair. Not even fair. The only other sport that compares is the Stanley Cup playoffs. That That is the best postseason in sports. That's not even an argument. That's not even a debate. It's the Stanley Cup and the playoffs and then everything else. But um, baseball definitely has a has a stake in the argument there because their postseason has been is always phenomenal. And this postseason has been phenomenal after a pretty disappointing September. I think I said it last time on the show that September has been kind of a dud. Everything was kind of pretty much wrapped up. I know the Brewers had a little chance there against the Rockies um, going into the last weekend. But for the most part, uh, it's been a dud. So it's been a dud. So, yeah. Um, let's switch to the NFL real quick uh, before I get out of here. Um, so a lot going on in the NFL. Obviously, the whole kneeling controversy is still an issue. Um, I told you these fucking owners are fake. They're phonies. All of a sudden now, they're all back to fucking trying to impose rules and regulations to make make fucking players stand. They're, they're, there's piece, these, these owners are pieces of shit. I mean, let's be fair. Let's be honest. These owners are pieces of shit. All they care about is the bottom line. All they care about is their money. All they care about is that their fucking boyfriend, Donald Trump, you know, ripped into them. So they had to fucking show some show, some sign of unity and solidarity. Bull fucking shit. And, and, and let me just say this. And I'm not going to get into the whole Kaepernick thing. I know he filed a grievance against the NFL this week i'm not gonna get into the whole kaepernick thing i mean the kaepernick thing is uh, i mean we're just uh, what else is there left to say in that but the idea now and i'm gonna get into the rogers thing here in a second but look at the green bay packers they just lost aaron Rodgers, which is a huge blow for that franchise a huge blow for the nfl because aaron Rodgers, outside of tom brady is the biggest star in the nfl he is the Packers are the biggest team. You can make the case they're one of the biggest teams, if not the biggest team. And Aaron Rodgers is probably out for the rest of the season. Their backup quarterback is 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 uh, the kid Hundley from UCLA, who hasn't really distinguished himself as a big time quarterback in my eyes. Anyway, he hasn't uh, he hasn't uh, distinguished himself either at UCLA or now in the pros here in the last two or three years that he's been in the league and they're back and the guy that they're all high on the guy that they're so invested in that they're going to try to bring up off the practice squad is joe callahan you know where joe callahan went (laughs) to wesley college in dover delaware so they're willing to give joe callahan a shot at quarterback if hunley fucking flops which we all expect he will Joe Callahan, or I know his name is I know his last name is Callahan. I think his first name is Joe Callahan. I may be fucking up his first name, but whatever. 
Some schmo named Callahan over over Colin Kaepernick. I mean, you must be fucking kidding me. I mean, literally must be fucking kidding me. And then I got to listen to owners saying that they're not they're not colluding against this man. I mean, please. Uh, amazing. Amazing. So I'm not going to get into the whole Ka- Kaepernick thing because it's fucking it's a headache. I'm not trying to get into it. I'm not trying to, I, I've had a good day. I'm not trying to get I'm not trying to be pissed off. I've had a good day. So I'm not trying to get pissed off with the whole fucking uh, Colin Kaepernick thing. But um, more to come on that. As Of course, he did file a grievance suing the NFL owners. Uh, we'll see where that goes. Um, but yeah, the Aaron Rodgers, man. I mean, man, that's a tough break for the fucking... Literally and figuratively, it's a tough break for the Packers. Uh, the Packers were really starting to play well. Um, they had that big win in Dallas uh, last weekend or two weekends ago now, should I say. Um Huge win, huge win, a phenomenal win. Rodgers doing what Rodgers does, uh, sticking it to the fucking Cowboys. Um, and then to have this injury, and it wasn't and it wasn't a dirty hit. I don't want to hear anybody, any Packer fan say Anthony Barr's hit was a dirty hit. It was a clean play. It was just one of those freak accidents um, that just happened. It just happened. So it's a sad to see. I'm a Rodgers fan. I like Aaron Rodgers. I think he's, to me, he's the best quarterback in football besides Brady, of course. Um, so it sucks to see it happen, but, um, yeah, the Packers are done. I'm, I'm sorry. I, I, I hate to burst you guys' bubbles. The Packer fans that I know, I have Packer fans in my family, a family from Wisconsin. So they're Packer fans. I hate to burst you guys' bubbles, but, um, the Packers are done. <laughs> they're done. When your season comes down to Hundley and some schmo named, uh, Callahan, uh, yeah, no. And that team doesn't have an infrastructure built that they can withstand losing, uh, Rogers for a significant amount of time. Uh, I like Ty Montgomery, but he's, you know, he's Ty Montgomery. He's not, you know, some some Hall of Fame running back. They've got pretty decent receivers, but they're not guys that, that are going to make a quarterback better, in my opinion. Their defense is not that great. I, I just, I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I think the Packers are done. And what this injury does is it makes the NFC completely, completely, completely wide open. I mean, you tell me right now who's the team to beat in the NFC. Tell me right now. Who's the team to beat in the NFC? Atlanta, who can't fucking close out games? Atlanta? That, that, talk about choking. Talk about choking. When I was just talking about the Nationals and the Indians, Atlanta was, was laughing. Atlanta's like, huh, hold my beer. I can choke better. Trust me. Atlanta, who, who can't beat a team whose, whose assistant coach was just fired last week for fucking sniffing fucking Coke? I mean, come on now. Please. Please. So I don't trust Atlanta any any farther than I can throw them. Carolina's up and down. When Cam is good, they're good. When he's bad, they're bad. So I don't know. When they get good Cam, I guess they're a good team. But who knows? I picked the Saints to have a pretty decent season. So far, so far, they're, they're playing up to those expectations. But I'm not ready to say that Saints are there yet, necessarily. We'll see. Who else? The Giants have been a fucking disaster. I know they won. I know they won this week or this past weekend in Denver. I don't know how the fuck Denver let the Giants come in there and just beat 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 them up with Orleans Darkwa. I mean, come on, come on now, Denver. I mean, please, jeez. Um. I mean, maybe the Eagles. The Eagles had the best record in the NFC, but I I'm still not sold on the Eagles. I'm still not sold on the Eagles. I'm sorry. I, I'm not sold on the Eagles. I love Carson Wentz. 
I love Carson Wentz, but I'm still not sold on the Eagles as this big time team that's gonna, you know, gonna be a top seed. And and I'm just I'm not ready to go there yet. I'm sorry, just not ready to go there with the Eagles yet. Um, but who else? Seattle's up and down. I don't love Seattle's offense. They still have offensive line issues. So where am I going? The Rams have played well, but I'm I'm not ready to go there yet with the Rams either. I mean, where are we going? Where are we going? So the NFC is completely wide open. Dallas has been up and down. They got this whole Ezekiel Elliott thing, and and Ezekiel is he's he suspended one day. He's not suspended. I mean, this is the suspension that just won't go away. I mean, Ezekiel, please take your suspension, okay? We know you did something to this fucking girl, okay? We know you fucking beat the girl up. Just take your suspension and go, please. Be gone, like enough already i don't want this to become another fucking spy gate where it takes two years for this shit to finally get settled like enough already take your suspension and go go jesus christ anyway dallas has been up and down i mean who knows who knows i mean the nfc is wide open right now the nfc is wide open in the afc we got a little bit more clarity i mean kansas city to me I know they lost this weekend to, to Pittsburgh, but that game was more about Pittsburgh needing to prove something than it was about Kansas City. Kansas City was due to lose a game. Um, so I wouldn't be too concerned with Kansas City. From what I've seen, Kansas City is the best team so far right now um, in the AFC and really in the NFL. Um, they still have a lot to prove in the postseason, but we'll get to that when we get to that. But Kansas City's good. Um, Houston, when... You know, Houston. When Houston's about to get on a roll, I I believe. I think Houston's the best team in the a, in the AFC South. I think Pittsburgh kind of got their sea legs from under them. They were really struggling. There were some issues going on with that team. I didn't like the way that team looked or responded to the whole flag thing with the Villanueva bullshit, all that shit going on. Um, so, but Pittsburgh needed had a lot to prove, and and they kind of got their sea legs from under on, under them now. And I think Pittsburgh's going to be ready to kind of play up to their potential. Um, so I think the AFC's got a little bit more clarity um, than the NFC does. I'm, well, not a little bit. I think they clearly have a little bit more more clarity than the NFC does. I mean, the AFC. I mean, you know, Kansas City's going to be there. You know, Pittsburgh's going to be there, and you know, New England's going to be there. And it's going to be between those three. That's gonna. That's really going to get to a Super Bowl, in my opinion. The Raiders have flopped. I think the Derek Carr injury kind of threw them off. They just haven't played well. I mean, the, the Raiders' problem has been their defense is just not that great. That's been the problem with the Raiders. I, I said it at the beginning of the year. The Raiders' defense is not that great. They got to stop somebody. And they can have all the offense in the world, but the Raiders can't stop anybody. And that's been one of the problems with the Raiders. It just it's just been it's just been the problem. I mean, we all called it. I'm not the only one. I mean, we all we all said that if the Raiders were gonna have a bugaboo, it was gonna be that defense. And guess what? Guess what? Now, the injury to Carr was a, was a killer, and he came back this week, played, didn't play that great. Um, that There's something going on with that team. I don't know what's going on with them, but, um, you know, we got to figure that out. But um, the AFC is a little bit more clear than the NFC, like I said. The NFC, I mean, good luck trying to figure out who's going to make it in the who's going to make it in that conference. The Aaron Rodgers injury was big. It was big. Big, big, big. It kind of shook up everything. It really did. It shook up everything. Give me a team right now on October 17th. Soon to be October 18th on the West Coast. Give me a team right now that you feel confident saying, ah, with the Packers out, this team rises up to the top. I can't find one. I swear I can't find one. Again, I don't trust Seattle. 
Seattle still has issues offensively. They still have no offensive line. They haven't figured out a way to incorporate Jimmy Graham into the flow of their offense. That defense, while it's still very, very good, it's not the same dominant force that it used to be. That team on the road is real, real suspect. So again, give me a team. Atlanta, Atlanta's, Atlanta is a team full of chokers, so I, I don't trust them. I would think with the Packers now falling off, I would think you have to make Minnesota the favorite to win that division. Although, I don't know. Minnesota still doesn't have a quarterback. Case Keenum's played well for them, but, I mean, he's not the answer long term. Sam Bradford, I mean, he sneezes he's out for fucking four weeks. So, who's the quarterback? You know, what's the quarterback situation going to look like there? Teddy Bridgewater is getting ready to come back. I know they've activated him from the IR, or, or I know he's getting ready to come back, should I say. I don't know if they've activated him just yet. I think they have. Um, but even then, you still got to figure out what you have in Teddy Bridgewater. You know, Teddy Bridgewater wasn't exactly uh, Donovan McNabb before he got hurt either. So he's no sure thing. I mean, Minnesota still doesn't have a quarterback. So I, I love that team everywhere else. But the quarterback position is still a major, major, major question mark. Detroit, I can't get a read on Detroit. You would think Detroit would be the one team that has the upside to kind of rise up and win that division, but I can't get a read on Detroit. Some weeks they're really good. Some weeks they're really bad. I never get a huge read on them. That was a huge, that was a disappointing loss. I know they fought back and I know they came back, but that was more about the Saints' fucking horrific defense than it was about the Lions. I still can't get a read on the Lions. Some weeks they're really good. Other weeks they're really bad. I don't know what, I don't know what it is with the Lions. They're up and down. They're up and down, up and down, up and down. I can't can't get a read on the Lions. Can you? I can't. But if I had to pick right now, I probably would make Minnesota the favorite in that division. Because I think Minnesota has the best... I I think Minnesota has the best defense in that division. I think they have the more complete team than, than the Lions. See, the Lions get in trouble. See, if Matt Stafford doesn't play great, the Lions can't win. That's the problem with the Lions. That team is so reliant on Matt Stafford. If Matt Stafford has an off game or has a so not even not even I mean not even a bad game but a, but an okay game. If he doesn't play great, that team can't win. They don't have a great running game. And while the receivers are pretty good, they're not great. So I mean that team needs Matthew Stafford to be at a high level every week to win. And when he's not, that team is a a very very average team. So we'll see what happens. I mean, again, I think the NFC is completely wide open. And look, Philly is 5-1. and one. Carson Wentz right now is playing at a high, high level. I liked Carson Wentz coming out of the draft. I said it before, I said it then. I said it again. Now, Jared Goff has played well. I'm not going to sit here and rip Jared Goff, but I said, it, I, I said it at the time. To me, Carson Wentz was the better quarterback. And he's proven it right now. Carson is balling. But again, I can't I can't sit here right now and tell you that I think the Eagles are the top team in the NFC. I, I'm, I'm not going to sit here and say that. I love I, they have a good defense. They have a great offensive line. I don't trust their offense in a big spot because I don't think they have big time receivers. Their running game is okay, but not great. Blunt is good, but eh. I still got to see more from Philly before I'm truly convinced that Philly's a a Super Bowl contender. The team that has the opportunity is Dallas. If Dallas can figure out some things, but see, the problem with Dallas is they have this fucking suspension with Ezekiel Elliott hanging over that team, which at any moment, this thing can fucking 
go sideways and he can end up being suspended. See, that's the problem with Zeke keeps when he keeps fighting this, it only makes it worse because it's going it's pushing out the suspension further and further and further. Let's just say for whatever reason, you know, for whatever reason, for argument purposes, right? This court now, this 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 motion gets dismissed because now he's got a a restraining order put out. So let's just say this goes to court again, it gets denied again, and he ends up getting suspended the last six games of the season. That kills Dallas. That kills them. That kills them completely. But that's the problem with Dallas. They have this thing hanging over there. But if they can figure things out, Dallas has a chance to rise up now in the NFC. But again, Dallas is the same thing. I don't trust their defense. Their defense is just not that great. Dak's played well. I'm not going to sit there and kill Dak. Dak has played well for the most part. I know some people tried to kill him for that Denver game. Uh, you know, he didn't play well that game, that day. But for the most part, Dak has played well. But the defense is the issue with, with Dallas. The defense is the issue. And I don't think they're going to get that figured out in the next few weeks. So, uh, you know. I don't know about Dallas. So, again, the NFC is completely wide open. Now, as far as the Jets and the Patriots, I'm not even going to go and lose my mind. I'm really not even going to go and try to give myself an aneurysm right now. As you guys know, the Austin Safarian Jenkins catch, touchdown catch that was overturned late in that game in my mind, cost the Jets the fucking game because that's a 24-21 game with seven minutes left. That's a totally different ball game. It's a one-score game. Who knows what happens? Jets get a couple stops. They go down the field. At the very least, that has a chance to be a tie game at the end of regulation. So it changed the game completely. I know the Jets made some mistakes. I know the Jets blew a 14-point lead. They had penalties after penalties. Some of those were very, very, very suspect penalties, to say the least. But... I know what people are going to say. The Jets had opportunities and they blew it. I get that. But that was the biggest play of the game. That was the biggest call of the game. It changed the entire game. The entire game. So for my health, I'm going to avoid trying to give myself an aneurysm like I did on Snapchat. I mean, those of you who follow me on Snapchat, y'all knew how I was. I was fucking livid. And by the way, if you don't follow me on Snapchat, follow me on Snapchat. MannyBro15. My shit is hot. MannyBro15. Follow me on Snapchat. Shameless plug. Sorry. But anyway, um, yeah, so I'm not I'm I'm going to avoid talking about it because it, it, I just it doesn't it doesn't deserve my attention to talk about it because that that's how egregious that fucking call was. <clears throat> that's how egregious. But realistically, I mean, the league is what it is right now. It is what it is. I think the Rodgers injury is big for the league, man. Hurts the league. Hurts the league in so many ways. I think the Packers are done right now. I, I, I don't see the Packers being very good. I mean, that team is so built around Aaron Rodgers that I, I don't... I mean, again, Hunley is going to all of a sudden turn into, you know, Russell Wilson. I, I doubt that. And then they got the Schmo Callahan from Dover, Wesley College, that all of a sudden is going to be the next uh, Brett Favre. No, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't see that happening. So, yeah. I mean, the league is what it is right now. It is what it is. Uh, as far as college football, man, college football is crazy right now. It's lit right now in college football. This past weekend was an amazing weekend of college football. You have four top 25 teams going down to defeat. You had Auburn losing to LSU. Washington State getting stomped out by Cal. Washington uh, not showing up against Arizona State. 
And then the big one was obviously Syracuse upsetting Clemson on the road or at home, should I say, um, in a big Friday night, one of those weird Friday night games. Um, you know, now the one caveat with that one is, you know, Clemson lost their quarterback, didn't play, you know, Kelly Bryant didn't play in the second half. So that really cost them. Who knows? Maybe if he plays in that, in that second half, you know, Clemson figures out, you you know, you got to think Clemson figures out a way to win that game, but you know, don't take anything away from Syracuse, man. Syracuse played well. They were the better team that night. They deserved to play. They played, they played inspired football. The dome was rocking. That was a big game for that program. That was a big win for that program. And, you know, Clemson, Clemson took a little bit of a hit there. You know, that's a game that, you know, I know they lost their quarterback, but, you know, if you're Clemson, you got to figure out a way to win that game. If you're a top team, if you're a team that everybody's, you know, defending, you know, the defending national champions, a team that everybody, you know, puts on par with Alabama, as they should for the most part, you know, that's a game you got to figure out to win. You know, just got to. Um... You know, and right now, outside of Alabama, I mean, the college football playoffs are wide open. So think about it. There's three spots left in the college football playoffs. And you kind of have really eight teams when you think about it. I'm trying to think. You got eight teams, six to eight teams, really, with a chance to sneak into the college football playoffs. I mean, obviously, you got Penn State. You got Clemson. You got Georgia. You got Oak State, you got Oklahoma, you got TCU. That's six. And then you got USC and Washington. So that's eight teams that can sneak in to those three spots. So what happens? What happens? I think it's wide open. I, you know, right now, this weekend is going to be a very big weekend. Michigan and Penn State play each other. Notre Dame and SC play each other. So this weekend is going to be very telling. Um, a lot of people think that this is the year that there might be a two loss team that sneaks into the, into the final four. Uh, I'm not willing to go there just yet. I think we still had a lot of college football to be played yet before we, we get to that point. But I mean, I I don't know. It could be, it could be, you got to believe that Alabama's gonna let's just say for argument purposes that Alabama beats Georgia in the SEC championship game. I'm I'm still not sold on Georgia. Georgia's gotta prove to me that they can play Alabama in a big spot. You know, Kirby's got those boys playing well, but still. So let's say Alabama wins, right? Alabama's got the top spot. Clemson does what it needs to do and takes care of business, doesn't lose another game, although they do play NC State, and NC State did beat up on Louisville. But, well, for that matter, Louisville's been getting beat up on by a lot of people right now because Louisville's not playing well. And I think, you know, Lamar Jackson's basically cost himself the Heisman. Um, you know, NC State's playing well, so you got to believe that Clemson and NC State, that's going to be a very good game. It's going to be a big game to watch. Um, but let's just say for the, for the sake of argument, Clemson takes care of business. Now you got two spots. You got to believe that that's going to go to... TCU and the winner of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State. And Penn State and Ohio State. Now, that does that leave out USC, Washington, Notre Dame? I mean, it's very, very interesting. It's very, very interesting. 
And two teams that are kind of on the periphery that I'm, you know, that I forgot to mention are Miami and Wisconsin. They're kind of sitting there. Nobody's really talking about them. Nobody's kind of really giving them a shot. But I mean, Wisconsin and Miami can have a chance to really upset things and really kind of, you know, shake this shit the fuck up. So college football is really intriguing right now. Uh, I think the Clemson loss really kind of flipped things upside down. I mean, the four teams losing really flipped things upside down. But that Clemson loss specifically, man, because it kind of opened a lot of things up a lot of possibilities in that college football playoffs so we'll see but Alabama right now is is the top team they're they're clearly above everybody else um I will say though that team goes as far as Jalen Hurst go I mean we know their defense is great um you know we know their defense is great we know Saban is Saban but if Jalen Hurst plays well that team's gonna win if he doesn't play well or he doesn't rise up to the occasion they're not gonna win a national championship I'm sorry that team goes as he goes. So, you know, he's got to play well and he's, he's played a lot better since the first game of the season, but I'm, I'm still not sold on Jalen Hurst, to be honest. I'm still not a Jalen Hurst fan. I still don't think he's a big time quarterback in a big spot. Um, He's a guy that's going to win me a game, but we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. But they're clearly the best team in the country right now. I mean, that's not even a debate. <laughs> it's not even a debate right now. So it's Alabama and then everybody else. But that Clemson loss really kind of shifted everything. And now everybody has a fucking chance. I mean, even Notre Dame. Notre Dame has a fucking outside shot. You know, if they run the table, you know, Notre Dame's got a shot. So, you know, everybody's involved right now. So I, I initially I said eight teams, but I mean, if you throw in Miami and Wisconsin, you really got 10 teams right now that are vying for spots. So we'll see. We'll see. It, it's going to be it's going to be crazy. Watching this month, and then of course November is when when college football's at its apex. So we'll see what happens. We'll see how this whole thing unfolds. We'll be here to cover it all. So it's 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 gonna be crazy. Brothers and sisters, brothers and sisters, I don't know what this world is coming to. Foul of the week, and if you guys know me and have been listening to my show for any length of time you guys know that i have no love and absolutely no respect for the ncaa i just don't they are a worthless inept incompetent organization and they proved it about a week ago when they cleared unc of a an investigation that they have been conducting for the last two years or so they cleared them fully no punishment nothing at all no penalty, no punishment levied towards UNC. And if you guys don't know, I'm a Duke fan. I bleed big boy blue through and through. I don't fuck with them baby blue niggas. So, of course, I'm sitting here rooting for UNC to get fucking slammed and their feet get thrown to the fire. And, of course, the NCAA. And you know what? Partially, it's my fault. I should give myself a partial foul because I should have known I should have known that the NCAA was going to be gutless and was going to be inconsistent in their ruling. So let me get this straight. Let me get this straight. And for those of you who don't know what's what's going on with this whole situation, basically layman's terms is Rashad McCants came out a few years ago and said that, you know, while he attended UNC, that he took a bunch of phony classes, that there were classes that, and not just him, but others on the basketball team and in the athletic program were given basically dummy classes or phony classes to kind of meet eligibility. And basically those guys weren't going to class. 
um, and that this has been a long-standing tradition at UNC for better parts of 15 years. So, of course, UNC denied it. They did their own investigations. They found nothing. So, of course, the NCAA comes in like the knights in shining armor trying to do their own investigation. And, of course, they end up fucking it up. So, let me get this straight. They, they, they let UNC off the hook because, in their words, it was, an, it was an, a regular student body issue. A regular student body and no evidence can be, could be established that it affected the athletic program. You mean to tell me that regular students at the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill were getting offered fraudulent classes and that the athletic program had nothing to do with it? They had no part in it. They had no knowledge of it. I'm sorry. I call bullshit. And for the NCAA to not, to not fucking rule a better decision and not have the guts. And I know why they did it because they're fucking spineless and they're gutless. And of course, they can't sanction their newly crowned national champions. Oh, that would be such a hard, horrible look for the NCAA. Of course, we can't have that. Unbelievable. Just when I think the NCAA can't get worse. Just when I think the NCAA cannot do a worse job of governing college sports, they prove themselves to be just as incompetent and as inept as always. Unbelievable. Unfucking believable. So they failed to levy any sanctions or any penalties against North Carolina, but they can penalize SMU for having a student for so for having one of their athletes cheat on a test and penalize the entire program and ban them from appearing in a tournament. Unfucking believable. UNC systematically cheated for two fucking decades almost. Two decades. Two decades. Two decades. 20 years. But it's okay. It's allowed because non-athletes cheated. Non-athletes cheated, so of course, oh, come on, we can't penalize the program. Come on. Come on. We can't do that. You know, it wasn't just Rashad McCants getting getting a free ride with fraudulent classes. It was it was the kid that was majoring in, in anthropology, or it was the kid or the gal majoring in 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 chemistry, or the girl uh majoring in, in political science. Bull fucking shit. And the NCAA again, again proves that they are an incompetent organization. Again, they prove that. So they won't penalize North Carolina, but they'll go ahead and drop the hammer on, on Louisville, or they'll drop the hammer on this school, or they'll or they won't penalize this school for doing the same thing that Louisville did, yet Louisville got a stiff penalty. I mean, it's unbelievable. It really is unbelievable. Who's more inept, the NCAA or Roger Goodell? That's a that's a that's a that's a fair question. Who's more inept, Roger Goodell or the NCAA? That's a who's who of ineptness, of ineptitude. Unbelievable, unfucking believable. So congratulations, UNC fans. You guys got away with it. You guys got away with it. You guys cheated. You guys gave Rashad McCants, Sean May, and all them other niggas a bunch of fraudulent classes. 
just to keep them eligible, just to keep just to keep your fucking program up and running. And you guys got and you guys got away with it. And it's all good. It's all good. It's all good. I'm not even mad at y'all, honestly. I'm mad at the NCAA. I really am. Because the NCAA, again, continues to prove how just absolutely inept they are. Absolutely, unequivocally, just inept. Inept. That is my foul of the week. The NCAA. The NCAA basically, basically saying, hey, well... Everybody else did it. The rest of the student body did it. So we can't really penalize the athletic program with the rest of the student body who did it. It's not. It's a non-athletic issue. Oh, really? Oh, really? If anybody thinks that that athletic program was not offering fraudulent classes to their students, to their student athletes, you are as slow and as stupid as Donald Trump. And that's facts. So, you can fool anybody else. You're not going to fool me. I know you guys are full of shit. So, salute to y'all. Y'all got away with it. Y'all get to keep y'all little national title. It's all good. It is all good. But y'all still get this foul of the week. Anyway, I'm going to get up out of here, man. I've been blabbering for long enough, but I've just been storing all of this this heat inside me. I know I, I, it, was a, it was a more reserved and quiet me, man. I'm trying to be a good Christian and, and not come up in here and show on this podcast every weekend and, and yell and rant and scream and curse all the goddamn time. So, you know, I'm, I'm trying to do better. I really am. I'm trying to do better. But um, it's a work in progress. As Steve Harvey says, God, God is not through with me yet. So... I'm I'm getting there, man. But I'm gonna get up out of here, man. As always, I know I say this every week, so I'm not gonna badger y'all with the same statement, man. But thank you, thank you, thank you so much for supporting the show, for listening every week. Uh, the schedule's been a little bit wonky the last couple weeks, uh, last few months or so. Uh, summertime was really hectic. We had a lot of a lot of stuff going on for everybody, myself included. Um, the show's been kind of up and down as far as uh you know episodes or whatnot but i promise from here on out we're here every week man matter of fact we're coming back at y'all this week with another episode that's gonna be two episodes this week so um yeah man so you know i apologize for that personally uh you know like i said before life gets in the way adulting sucks but uh yeah man you know, the podcast is here for good, man. So no more layoffs, no more uh, hiatuses. We're here for the long haul. So every week we're going to come back with some new shit. So as always, thank you for supporting. If you like what you're listening to, drop us a review on iTunes. Let your voice be heard. Tell the rest of the world what it's like to be a TFP or what it's like to listen to this show every week. If you love this show and you like what we're doing here, um, as always, continue to listen, continue to subscribe. You can subscribe on iTunes, SoundCloud, Stitcher, everywhere. Everywhere where podcasts are hosted or heard, we're there. So go ahead and listen to us. Give us a listen if you haven't heard us before. Um, follow me on Twitter, the Manuel Brown, the Manuel Brown. Also follow me on Snapchat, MannyBro15, man. So thank you, man. I feel humbled every week. I say this, and it, and it does, and and it and it may sound like bullshit or corny man but i'm i'm truly humbled by how many people listen to this podcast and how much feedback i get man uh, you know whether it's 200 people whether it's 20 people 
I'm humbled that 20 people decided to listen to me. It's it's truly amazing. It's truly amazing. So thank you. Be out on the lookout for uh, the NBA preview show coming out this weekend. Uh, it should be dropping Sunday night, Monday morning sometime. Not sure yet, but I will record it with Noah Tour for sure this weekend. Um, shout out to my co-host, uh, Justin. As always, go follow him on Twitter at JutJitsu. Uh, Lucas is lazy and he don't want to get a Twitter so uh, fuck his Twitter shout out nah man for real shout out to Luke man he's got a lot of shit going on um, baby on the way all that good stuff so um, he's working like a slave so you know shout out to Lucas man I'm trying to get him on the show like I said earlier try to get him on the show um, here in the next week or few months from now um, we gotta get him during the basketball season so you know so we can have fucking arguments about his 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 man crush LeBron. But anyway, man, um, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for putting other people on. If you do, if you don't do that, um, if you've written a review, thank you. If you haven't written a review, go write a review. We need those reviews, man. So as always, thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you for downloading. Thank you for supporting the podcast. I truly appreciate it. We couldn't do it without you guys and your support. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you from the bottom of my heart. Uh, we'll catch y'all later this week with episode 42, the NBA preview show. With my man, Noah Tour. Until then, have a nice and happy rest of your week. Be blessed. Be safe. Um, all that good stuff, man. We out. Peace. Serious sir. a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide have something sweet in her honor come to mcdonald's and treat yourself to the grandma mcflurry today Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. and participate in mcdonald's for a limited time raise a spoon to grandma who always took all the hungry cousins to mcdonald's for mcnuggets and the play play slide 
Have something sweet in her honor. Come to McDonald's and treat yourself to the Grandma McFlurry today. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And participate in McDonald's for a limited time.